Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Dr. Devon Young, and welcome to the show tonight. We have a subject that is, uh, to put it mildly, very, very interesting. One of the questions I get asked most often is, why do men cheat? Well, there are lots of, lots of different suppositions to that question. I'm going to give you a few of them. The first one is people think men are bored. They feel that after the initial honeymoon period wears off, it can be tough for a man to keep the spark alive in a relationship, but the reality is uh, inevitable that he is sooner or later going to cheat. Another myth is men don't have the courage to be respectful and exit a relationship when they know that it's ended, so they just are doing things hoping to get caught. And if they keep doing this, they will either will get caught or get dumped. So it basically keeps them from having to own up or presumably end up getting, quote, unquote, dumped. Either way, it's a win-win for the cheater, and they think that's a solution. Another myth, it's all about the revenge. This is believed to be an eye-for-an-eye tactic, and it's favored as an excuse, but often it's not an excuse. If anything, it's not about revenge because I've never seen anyone when they're getting in or out of a relationship use cheating as a method to do so. Then the next thing, men are just stupid. We do risk-taking behaviors because we're just guys, which that's not true either. Men are not stupid. As a matter of fact, most men are anything but. So anything that a man does and makes an excuse for it is just that it's an excuse. It's not a risk-taking behavior. It's something that he knows is wrong, and he's doing what he wants to do. And then there's the age-old excuse, I was drunk, I don't remember, it wasn't me, she took advantage of me, and we all know that that's not true. But for some strange reason in the courtroom, this actually stands up as a defense. As a matter of fact, many divorce courts, being intoxicated is enough to get a case swayed back into the favor of the plaintiff, especially if it's the guy that's trying to get the, uh, the divorce. Now, the next one is the ego boost. Well, have to admit, men are often considered to be egotistical, and men like to feel wanted and attracted by women, but when the sex dwindles, are, re- are egos really, really involved when they're dented? I think not. But for some men and immature men, it can be an ego boost. The next thing, your partner lets you. Now, believe it or not, we live in a time where relationships are, shall we just say, a little bit crazy. <laughs> so when we get in an open relationship, what appears to be cheating is often a situation where someone has not had a discussion. No one has talked about um, the boundaries or the rules for a relationship. So when it is assumed that this guy is cheating, is he really cheating? Or is it that the two of you just really fail to get a good understanding about what is and is not the structure of your relationship or what is and is not a boundary or what is and is not appropriate behavior? Because most men don't put titles on relationships, not because they fear commitment or not because they don't want you. They simply just don't put a title on a relationship because they don't want to rush into it. And rather than communicating the fact that, you know, I really don't want to rush into this thing. I want to take my time. We end up finding situations where people's feelings are hurt. There's a lot of brokenness. 
things have gone down and things are taking place that basically are the uh, fruit or the fallout from not having a good conversation. Another myth, the asserting power and independence. You know, as you grow together, it's common for a relationship to lose a sense of who you in control or for either party to lose a sense of who they are. Well, while out doing whatever, it could be anything from drinking to crocheting, the art of cheating comes into play. And typically when this happens, especially with men, it's because they want to reassert independence or prove to someone, even maybe even themselves, that I haven't gone overboard, but I am still in control. The other myth, men cheat because they're being mistreated. Uh, I'm going to go 50-50 on that one. Feeling trapped in a bad relationship isn't healthy for anyone, but I don't believe that if people don't get the love and respect they crave at home, it's an excuse for cheating. But I have to admit, it is. it makes sense, especially to the victim or the person that feels victimized, that, you know what, you don't appreciate me, you don't care about me, I'm going to get you back. And sometimes it's not even getting you back. Men are just wanting validation. They are wanting attention. And after all, ladies, pay very big attention to this next statement. All men have a little boy on the inside that either is trying to get out or he's he may be shaving, but he's really a little boy, and the little boy is out, and you just didn't notice it. When you see men that have to run with a group of guys, when you see men that still have an inappropriate, and I'm not saying that a guy shouldn't love his mother, because if he does, that may be a good sign that he's going to take care of you if he takes care of mom. But when that attachment is inappropriate, that's when we have to ask the question, is this guy over, uh, overly attached in an unhealthy way to his mom? And then the one of the other, and this is probably one of the more true uh, well, one of the myths that has more truth and fact attached to it is the guy that cannot commit is avoiding intimacy. While infidelity can easily stem from a need for intim- intimacy, it can also be the result for a need to keep away from it too. And it's a way for a guy that's a commitment folk to remain detached. Now, those are some of the reasons why people assume that men cheat. But after talking to guys, after sitting around and having conversations everywhere from the bar to the barbershop to the fraternities and men's organizations that I'm a part of, let me give you the main reasons why men actually find themselves in relationships and doing what, quote, unquote, we consider to be cheating. And these are the reasons, ladies, that men told me, bro, This is why I do what I do. Well, the first thing is this. What women feel is cheating for a man to a man isn't cheating. And I'm going to kind of, I'm not going to defend men for this. So, guys, please don't write me a bunch of letters and ladies don't turn against me. But the truth of it is, is it's a lack of definition. There is a lack of structure and relationships. There is a lack of of understanding between couples, and more than anything else, there's a lack of self-awareness. And typically that lack of self-awareness is nobody's fault because when people don't know better, 
Can you really expect them to do better? No, of course you can't. Now, get ready. You might want to pull the pin out because a lot of these reasons why men, quote, unquote, are considered cheaters or cheating is something that you as his girlfriend, potential significant other, or his mate can probably do something about. The I guess we should probably take this thing from the uh, most from the most significant reason, and then we'll work our way backwards. Okay, so here's the things that you need to be on guard for, and this for guys, this is stuff that I think you need to own, and for ladies, these are things that you really might want to pay attention to because the heartbreak you save may be your own. Here's number one. Men say, I don't love her anymore. Now, that's a funny exercise if you're single, and it's a funny excuse. But go find uh, a situation where you see a man and a woman together, and ladies, pay particular attention to everything I'm going to give you. When either of you looks more forward to leaving home than you do coming home, that's the first sign. The second sign is, the communication is faulty at best. Um, neither of you really has anything in common to talk about. Neither of you really wants to talk. You can find the hints that you have a serious issue in your relationship when neither of you values the other's day, when neither of you really takes the time to ask the questions, you know, what's going on with you? And, and some signs here are a lack of intimacy. Now, I'm not just talking about sexual intimacy, but even though that's part of it. But here's one huge component to this. The lack of intimacy and sharing hopes and dreams. The times that surface where you really don't want to talk about how your day went. When he just shrugs you off or you shrug him off. When you don't take the time to do the things that you did initially, initially, because there's that old saying that what you did to get him, that's what you're going to have to do to keep him. And that is so true. So when you find that man in your life not doing the things that he did to get you and you're not doing the things you did to keep his attention, that's a serious sign that maybe the love is not there anymore, and at least the feelings. Now, let me separate some of this. For some of you, those of you that have been in relationships that have lasted, you know, let's say 5, 10, even 15 or 20 years, relationships do go through seasons. You are not going to have that initial attachment that you once had. It's going to require work. The priorities change. The circumstances that are affecting your life and, and your mate's life change. So what we have to be very, very cautious about is paying attention to these seasonal changes that take place in life. You're going to find yourself in situations where you had a baby, now you're taking care of the parents. or And especially for those of you that married someone that is 10 or more years older or younger than you, you're going to be on different pages during these different seasons. A man's sexual peak for some men never goes away, and especially for uh, men that you found or when you met him had a high sex drive and now all of a sudden you're noticing, you know what, he's not attracted to me. He's not really paying attention to me. Well, generally, it's not the sex that's the problem. 
what is the problem is you guys have lost sight of what it is that really brought you together. You don't have that movie night anymore. You're not having date nights anymore. You know, the times that you were wearing uh, lingerie to bed, now you have on uh, some drawers with ducks on them, or or he's just not even bothering to take a shower and just jumping in the bed. Well, let's be honest. Who in the hell wants to be next to someone that needs to go take a bath? Or who wants to be with someone that hasn't done proper landscaping in certain areas? And, ladies, again, don't write me letters, but I'm trying to help. Look at the other thing, that when this happens where we start saying, well, if he doesn't love me anymore, what can I do? What can I do to this guy to replace these lost feelings? And especially for those of you that really want to work this out and prevent your spouse from going to bed with somebody new. Well, I'm going to tell you, here's the first thing. (laughs) Or let's say in this case, here's the second thing. What most men said when they made the comment, I don't love her anymore, they actually said, and this sounds so cruel, but I've got to be real to help you. It says, she disgusts me. Now, in long-term relationships, both men and women tend to let themselves go. If you don't believe me, go pull out that family album of yours and look at some of your old pictures. Honestly, do either of you look the way you used to? If the answer to that question is no, that means that part of the problem is something that you can probably do something about. Now, I know there's a double standard there. Men tend to look like they've had a few babies themselves, and some of the men that I know currently look like they may be expecting one. But the truth is it's a lot easier, especially in culture, despite all of our advances in Western culture, for a man that looks like Jabba the Hutt to run out, especially if he has resources or even charisma, and to go out and get a woman that you look at he, him and you look at her and you go, damn, those two things don't match. And it is, ladies, very unfair that there is a huge discrepancy in men because men are very visual. And when a woman has gained a significant amount of weight or something that I've also found is that sometimes the woman has become depressed or is um, acting out of that depression. And next thing you see, what happens when we stop having a relationship with other people? We have a relationship with things. So if you found yourself, ladies, having a relationship with liquor or with food or with shopping, or for some reason you just can't seem to get your stuff together, then there is this hidden, latent anger, this, um, this conversation that flies straight south because now this man is starting to find himself not only unattracted to you, but there is some disgust. And the sad part is men seldom will say it, and when they do say it, it's often too little too late. Now, here's the problem with it is over time we get comfortable. You get comfortable, and I'm saying men and women, with your body image with your presentation, and you don't even notice that these things are happening over time. You know, uh, I've seen some men that they have actually said to me, you know what, I can't take this anymore. Her elastic in her underwear has worn out, and she's still trying to wear panties that won't even stay up on her. Or in the same uh, niche, 
the guy was coming home, there was a sex life, and now men, and, and I'm not saying all men, but many men don't understand what it really takes for a woman to be both wife, mother, to go and work eight to ten hours on a job every day, not to mention the time you spend commuting. So part of this problem is the man is naturally being insensitive and probably being somewhat selfish and and in the worst-case scenario, narcissistic. But, ladies, you've got to take responsibility yourself. Stop and think about it. You are making his fat ass a sandwich and bringing him another beer. Have you ever said to this guy, you know what, let's go to dinner? And I'm not saying in a nagging way, because if you approach someone in a negative, nagging way, what do you expect to get back from them? Because what you put out, it's going to be a reflection of what you get back. Now, the the next thing that I want to point out, and, and I'm going to have someone join me uh, on the show in a few minutes. He's a friend of mine that did a movie called Diary of a Tired Black Man, and this is not going to just apply to African-American men, but it's going to apply to men in general. But the, the other issue is, have you accepted mediocrity as the, um, the best of the worst and the worst of the best? become a part of your day-to-day operation. Have you told this man that you don't understand him anymore? Have you told him that you don't care anymore? Have you told him that, you know what, I'm tired of you coming in the house smelling like you just got through riding a horse? Are you tired of not doing the things that you used to do when we first met? Because if you don't tell a man that, how do you expect him to know? Men are not mind readers. And, again, ladies, I'm not getting on you. I'm not trying to sit here and make it seem like it is okay for a guy to treat you however he treats you because it is not okay for a man to treat you that way. It's not okay for a man to take you for granted. It's not okay for you to be a slave or an indentured servant to this dude. But you have to take responsibility. Are you part of the problem or are you part of your own solution? Now let's go a little bit further. The next thing is when you see that this cry for love has turned into a cry of despair. Have you ignored it? Have you gone and just put your whole life and thrown it into the kids? Have you taken everything that really mattered to you and sold it out just trying to make him happy? Because here's here's the reality. If you are waiting on some men to take and take advantage of an opportunity to love you more, to give you what you fully deserve, how can you expect a guy to do better when he really doesn't know better? Now, before I go any further, because I'm going to say these last three things, I've got Tim Alexander on the line. And let me, and let me before I bring Tim in, uh, I just want to give you a bit of a background on this. Years ago, uh, I met Tim. He was shooting this film called Diary of a Tired Black Man. And when he was shooting this, uh, it's kind of like a movie mixed with a documentary. I was, uh, I remember I was in pre-med, I was still at U of H, and one of the things that was being discussed in this uh, very good movie, and I really suggest that you see it, it's called Diary of a Tired Black Man. You can rent it, you can look at it live uh, from Netflix and things like that. But one of the, uh, several of his points in this movie, and I'm going to let Tim talk about these points, 
was that men often don't get a fair shake when it comes to what women expect from a man. But men will become punished and even victimized when they get tired. And when they do get tired, at the end of the day, a man that is absent in a house, or as they say, wherever the head goes, the tail follows, well, when that man's head is up his butt, so is the relationship. With that said, hey, Tim, are you on the line, dude? Yes, I am. Hey, how you doing tonight, bro? Doing great, and you? I'm fantastic. Would you mind just bringing everyone up to par about the premise and what got you to create this movie and this documentary called Diary of a Tired Black Man? Well, it had to be made. Uh, men have been Oprah. They've been Essence Magazine. They've been Medea. They've been waiting to exhale on, but they never answered. And what women need to realize is that good men go through the exact same thing that good women go through. And everything is shown from the woman's perspective of what a victim she is. But when you get a man who's doing everything he should do, he's not had a voice until this point. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you this. You just made a serious comment. You said men go through everything that women go through. But the the problem is women communicate. I mean, that's why they outlive us. They communicate with each other. Uh, 90% of daytime programming is dedicated toward women, and seldom are men doing anything but getting beat up on by Dr. Phil or somebody like Steve Harvey is trying to make sure his ratings stay up so he's not going to really talk to, from the male perspective. Right now, I'm going to ask you, say what it is that men don't say. What men don't say is they usually don't communicate because it's not macho. And if you really try to communicate, um, it just becomes an argument. And men usually don't like to argue. Also today, most men are raised by a single mother. And one of two things happen. If a man is raised by a single mother, the only way she can discipline him after he becomes a teenager, you know, of about 13, 14, 15, if he has to allow her to, because he's then effectively stronger than her. If he allows her to, she has effectively emasculated him, and he cowers down to the voice of a woman, and he doesn't learn how to snap out of that. Because the balance in the home of a man being the master disciplinarian when he gets rough is no longer there. So he has to hear the screams and the, and the nags of a woman, and it, it, it messes up something about his psyche. Like in the uh, Orthodox Jewish faith, once the boy has his bar mitzvah as a young teenager, the mother can no longer discipline him because he is a man. He is only supposed to hear the voice of a man for discipline because it sets his gender values correctly. Uh, If the mother cannot control him and emasculate him, then he pushes past her and he goes out in the streets to try to find his manhood with other fatherless boys that don't have a clue. And then he usually goes the wrong way and turns into a thug. Uh, so, so often the effects of the ones who do get emasculated is they become very soft around the edges, they become very uh, uh, malleable, and they get pushed around by women because they're, they're kind of weak. And they're always thinking about what would please my mother instead of what does a man do. When a man is wow. raised by a good father and his values are set on how a man handles himself as a man relative to a woman in a situation. Without that, he just doesn't know. And a bad example. Wait, Tim. Let me just ask a quick question. Not cutting you off, but I do. I have to ask you this. 
there's a statement that I use uh, when I'm working with young males, and it's what they see they will be. So going back to where you said men and single moms, in America now there is a over a 55% breakup rate. I'm not going to say divorce rate, but I'm just going to say what the census counts. And we're not even going to count the stuff that's not measured by the census, like people that were never married, they were cohabitating, and then, you know, they get apart. Do you think, do you think women are creating a problem and how they raise their sons for another woman to deal with when they end up with the guy that was raised by a single mom. Absolutely. And we do have to look at everything. Actually, in some of our urban areas, we have as much as 90% of the children in the home without their biological father because we have a 76% out of, out of, birth, uh, out of wedlock birth rate and we have a nearing 60% divorce rate. And by the time these kids are 18, that doesn't leave many fathers at home. So that is a big problem, and what's happening is anytime you have children growing up in a house and there's four different children and every one of them has a different last name and mom has never changed her last name one time through marriage, there's a problem. And these kids are not getting the advantage of seeing how a family structure is supposed to work. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of resentment. This one kid's father comes around, the other three don't very often, two don't know their father at all. It's an imbalance. And then the mother's frustrated because she's got these two, three, four no-good-baby daddies, <laughs> and she's always angry, and her anger gets pushed into her children. Anytime a child can recite to their father that you never paid my mother the child support, that's a problem. That's not supposed to be in the child, you know, uh, uh, that's not, shouldn't be a part of their upbringing your opinion about how no good their father is that you picked to lay down with. And so we okay, have to realize and just uh-huh. No, I just got to ask this question um, because it's very seldom that I can talk to a guy that actually made a movie and a successful documentary about why men do what they do and take the options they do. Um, when men are being quote-unquote uh, disloyal or uh, they're cheating do you think the reason why the man is cheating is because he was never in the relationship to start with or do you think that there are certain things that women do that cause a man to uh, kind of just stay there and get the milk free or eat the cake but they don't want to buy the bakery and they don't want to buy the cow what is it that you think women do that contribute to a man not committing, and more than anything else, to him staying there when really he has one foot in and one foot out? Oh, it's such a myriad of things. Um, the media has a lot to do with it. Uh, not having the good example of a good role model because he's seen his mother be abused and cheated on by so many men. And just like an abused child who's molested, they don't like being molested, but they grow up and they molest other children because it's what they know. So often they've seen their mother being pushed around by different men, and even though they didn't like to see it, they don't have any other concept of how to be a man. And we also have to realize that a boy cannot model his manhood after his mother. And if his mother was highly active with a lot of different men in her life, then he sees life as, you know, just a, a number of conquests and short-lived relationships. Um, quite often we have women who try to emasculate their own men, because they saw their mothers doing it to their brothers and doing it to their men. And a lot of times when a man cheats, it's not always because he doesn't love the woman or wants to play games. I know men, and I don't agree with that at all. 
I know men who have completely separate lives from their wives, and they love their wives, they take care of home, they do everything they're supposed to do, but they go to that other woman because she gives them peace. All she does is, is make them relax and make them food and, and give them all the sex they want, and they're like, I wish I could get that at home. And they can't. And, you know, there's Wait, a song Tim, from the... Uh-huh. Hey, Tim, let, let me back you up right there. If that's the case, why don't they leave the chick that's at the house and just go be with the other woman? Why do you think they go back and forth? I, I can give you some very good reasons. And, and and this isn't every case. This is the cases that are like that. I'm not saying this is every case. Some guys just scallywag, and they need to be socked in the job. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what women contribute. Um, often, they actually love that woman, and they're in kind of a quandary because this one does what that one doesn't. But I love this one, and they like the stability. And often, they love their children. They like the family. They like the benefits of what marriage brings, the stability. She takes care of the home, and, and you know, he may give her the money, and she pays the bills. And... and it's also very expensive <laughs> and very hard on the man when he gets divorced because it's going to cost him a lot in most cases. So there's a lot of reasons men don't just leave. And sometimes they see the release as something that can go on for years and years and years as long as nothing changes. And they just kind of live, you know, a split life. And I do not agree with it at all. I don't support it. I don't condone it. I'm just stating what it is. Well, hey, I want to ask you this. I'm going to give you, in my opinion, there's this thing, uh, one of one of the psychological theorems proposes that we have psychological attachments. And what I mean by that is these attachments are formed in childhood and are associated with, like, psychological traumas. And what they do is they end up having these limited b- belief systems, these perceived limitations. And one of them is called the control attachment. And what this involves, typically is when a man grows up and he is growing up having to appease uh, a mother or the mother was always correcting or over-monitoring him. Hint, ladies, those of you that are raising a little boy, when you keep uh, giving him everything he wants or over-correcting him and, you know, this is what ends up happening later in life, he grows up with this, it's kind of like a freakish uh, perverted relationship. He doesn't want anyone to control him, but everything he does leads to him being in a quote-unquote subconsciously dependent uh, on being controlled relationship. And what ends up happening is he wants a woman that is controlling, and he wants a woman that um, is going to just pretty much give him the stability and a frame and this can take place with everything from a man that is a millionaire. Like if you look at the show Scandal, one of the uh, plays that they're making with her and the president is the president needs someone to control him. And if you notice, the the more that he has what he wants, the more he fights against it. And that comes with his advisor to his wife where he is someone that has created a perfect frame and is playing the American agenda to give this guy what he wants, but he rebels when he gets what he wants because he wants somebody that he can't control, but he goes after another controlling woman. My question to you, Tim, and, and I saw this in, in your movie, um, do you believe 
And do you think that sometimes it is some of these like negative, and I, we're going to talk about three of them, but like in this control attachment that men are looking for women that really have their stuff together because what they, when that woman has everything together, they don't have to have it together? Um, yes, uh, there are a lot of men. If you were never led by a man, then you never see yourself in a position of one day being a man who leads. You don't know how. Today's women, many of them plain and simply do not know how to cook. Their mothers didn't teach them because they have a fast food lifestyle or the mothers felt like I'd rather just throw something together. I don't feel like teaching all the, the, the tricks of the trade like mothers used to do. Now they get married, they don't know how to cook. And if a man has never been taught by a man how to take the position of a man, in an authoritative and leadership position with a balance, not being an ogre, you know, or, or, or some monster, but, but really leading his family in every positive sense of the word. He just doesn't know. And he sees the woman as someone who's supposed to do those things and take care of him. His mother bought him everything. His mother thought for him. His mother guided him, even pushed him in certain directions. So when women say there aren't a lot of Good, there aren't any good black men, which they so often say. The answer to your core question is no, there actually aren't. Because mama doesn't raise very good men. It's just not what she does. Mothers nurture, fathers build. And it takes two to make them, and it takes two to raise them. You get completely different messages, sociologically, psychologically, and in every other way from your mother and your father. They they teach completely different lessons. Mothers carry children inward toward their bodies. Men carry them outward. And even that is a cue. So mothers over-baby children, especially boys. I watch them, oh, honey, oh, you hurt yourself. Oh, honey, oh, baby, oh, It's like me. It's like, boy, get up. That didn't hurt. That's how you learn how to be a man. And so now we have these soft guys. I, I see some of these young men. I don't know if they like wee-wees or woo-woos. I'm not even sure if they know. They, they don't have that man thing. You know, my father raised me. My grandfather raised him. His grandfather raised him. There hasn't been a broken line of men in my family lineage since 1825. And there's a certain kind of man that's instilled in us where we get it. And all of the marriages in the family have been very solid men doing what they're supposed to do because that's what we know to do. And now these young men, all they know is mama does everything. Mama drives me around. I need money. I go get it from mama. So what do you ladies expect them to think of you? So now yes, let me ask you a question while you're on that. That second type of attachment is called deprivation attachment. And what it typically involves is a tendency to feel unfulfilled in life uh, while attempting to fill the emotional void with people, substances, or things. And the way that I've spotted this in women, and I think men, some men take advantage of this, is women that have grown up with unmet needs, meaning that, father left them at some crucial point in their life. So at that crucial point, they, that the, it could have been pre-monarchy, or meaning the onset of menstruation, or it could have been when, okay, now I have to determine, do I like boys or girls, or now all of a sudden I have to take care of my younger siblings. So this woman never did get to have a childhood, and now she has grown up with unmet needs. All of a sudden, she meets this guy. And this guy comes along, uh, meeting these needs, he knows what to say. 
He knows what to do. Uh, this woman wants to feel love. She's joined everything from eHarmony to Match.com to Black Planet, if you go back in the day. And once she meets this guy, the minute that he gets her, the minute that he secures her and gets her in a place where he wants her, then all of a sudden he stops meeting those needs and this deprivation attachment kicks in. And the only time that you see that it comes back to form is she is about to leave him or when um, when the uh, relationship is about to fly south, now all of a sudden he pays attention long enough to get her back. A good example of this, if you watch Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, you will see Stevie doing this to every woman that's in his life. How do women end up protecting themselves from getting into a relationship based on their own attachment needs and while they're, let me put this another way, getting into a very dysfunctional situation where you got two hurting people together, now they're hurting each other because hurting people hurt people. What's your suggestion to avoiding that? Uh, it's complex. First of all, women need to understand that they have to fix themselves first. And a lot of times they go in broken. They go in with the wrong set of values. They're programmed from childhood to try to overpower men because their mothers have to often uh, uh, put fires under their fathers for not doing what they're supposed to do, and their mothers have to take care of everything, and they say, I don't need a man a lot. Oftentimes, the teachers from grade school all the way through universities are single mothers, and they see the girls in the class as one day struggling women who will have to raise their children by themselves, and they see the boys in the class as rambunctious monsters that need to sit down and be quiet. Now, for the first time in history, white males have a higher college population. I mean, white females have a higher college population than white males. So women in general are being pushed to the front. So women need to realize that if you want a relationship that has the core values, which have kept families together, where husbands and wives stayed married 60, 70 years, it takes pulling back from trying to find someone that you feel you can dominate or finding someone who is just all machismo with no sensitivity to you as a woman. Uh, often, today's men are so soft that women gravitate toward really bad boy kind of edgy guys because they feel the machismo, they feel some man in them. But often, they're machismo, but they don't have enough of their feminine characteristics, feminine characteristics develop, and they don't know how to balance it. So they're in kind of a, a, a conundrum of trying to find a place to fit. They don't have good examples of men and women making it work, but they really don't have a roadmap for what is the right balance for a man because they didn't have one in their father, their mother didn't have one in her father, so they don't have a grandfather to show them. Their friends, no one around them can show them what a balance is in a, between a man and a woman. So they choose wrong. And when they meet a nice guy who's everything that they should be with, they think he's weak because they've only seen examples of how to try to get along with an overpowering man in most cases. And do you know in, in universities, one other point I'd like to make, in universities you can study women's studies, lesbian studies, gay studies, LGBT, LGBTQ, which is queer. I didn't even know we can say queer. LGBTQI, which is intersex. When you're born with one sex and you feel like you're the other sex, you can study every single thing about female 
and homosexuality, but there are no studies on heterosexual males. So now we live in a society where as many as 90% of the children don't have their biological father in the home in some areas, the highest in the entire world, in the entire history of the earth. And there's no place you can go from grade school to college and find out how to be a man. And you don't have a man at home to show you, and you don't have a grandfather. So where are men supposed to come from? The air? And when you look at the media, it only shows either effeminate men, emasculated men who are pushed around by their women, are bad boys. And the only one of those three that can be attractive to a heterosexual woman is the bad boy. We have a problem. Wow. Hey, Tim, let me add, hang on a second. I'm getting, One of my producers is about to read something. We have a question that's coming out of a chat room. Go ahead, Julia. Okay. Some, some women have some different perspectives in the chat room, and it got a little heated. But one of the questions says, what about women who keep themselves up and keep the romance alive, but then the man says after years that he just misses the rush of a new relationship? Let me let um, me let me respond to that. Then I, I want you to respond to it, Tim. Uh, first thing that I want to say is this: when you start out with a shaky foundation, I don't care how nice you build the walls and the cabinets, the doors, and how expensive your chandeliers are. That uh, what I that little glass house is not going to stand. People change over time, and if you fail from day one to construct a relationship on something solid, if you fail to really talk to each other, and I'm not saying be polite and wait to talk or have some uh, banter back and forth while both of you are very inebriated on a date and horny, but I do mean a substantive conversation. When you fail to have a substantive conversation, how in the hell can you have a substantive relationship? But that's just my take. What's your take, Tim? Uh, this is also a very multifaceted uh, question. For one, and this is a very difficult one, and I understand, but this is just a reality. A lot of women wonder why this man is no longer interested. How much did you weigh when you got with him and how much do you weigh now? And I'm sorry to have to say that, but it's a reality. Our food is making us obese. I, if you look at pictures of black people in the 60s and 70s, we were little thin people. Our food is making us obese. And it's very difficult to keep the weight down. But the media is constantly pushing images of sexuality as young, thin, and fit. And so the visual stimulation, which is the staple of a man's sexuality, is overwhelming. And then, unfortunately, age, childbearing, diet makes a lot of women a lot heavier, but they don't want to come to terms with the fact that they have to look at themselves because sometimes they just aren't uh, presenting themselves as attractive to these men. And there's also another problem. Never in the history of the planet have women been so willing to sleep with another woman's husband. I know women who only sleep with married men because they feel like they get all the best parts and no responsibility. He's going to take me to dinner. He's going to take me shopping. He's going to take me on vacation. Then he goes home to you. And all I have to do is give him sex, and he gives me everything. And so let me ask you a question, Tim. Do you have think no regard is fault for that? Oh, absolutely. Or, wait, I've got to ask you this, and let, let me phrase this properly. Do you think, because once I remember when uh, you were making your movie, and I was in pre-med at U of H, we were at Frenchie's, 
And I can remember being uh, interviewed for the documentary part of your movie, and I was broke. I couldn't buy a mosquito a condom. I was so broke. And I couldn't get a date. And, and even the, the woman that I was dating, I remember when I was, the closer I came to completing pre-med and I was looking at uh, getting to where I am today, the, the closer I came to that, the more that she rebelled against me and, and that, you know, I would no longer need her or that uh, now that I have, uh, as I started evolving, I wanted her to evolve because they're just in certain venues, there's certain ways you can't dress, certain ways you can't talk. And I'm not saying that you need to start brown-nosing or changing who you are, but as you climb that ladder, corporate ladder or otherwise, Things change. So do you think that sometimes what is taking place is that the man is finally migrating to where he should be in life and he forgets about the person that helped him get there? Or do you think it's just the opposite, that uh, women are expecting something from a man that he's just not capable of giving? I think it goes back to closer to what I was saying earlier. And I am not justifying that. I'm not agreeing with the way men do that. But Men, plain and simply, have too many options. And a man that has his act together is a target. A man who doesn't have his act together but presents himself as highly sexual is a target. And until women will learn to respect their own selves, their own bodies, and respect other women's men, we have a problem. Because any time a woman is willing to give herself to another woman's man, now we have some men who cheat, they don't tell the women that they're married. Now, that's just a lowdown, scandalous. That's all him. That's nobody's fault but him. But when a woman is consciously playing the game of ducking and dodging somebody else's wife or somebody else's girlfriend, that's just foul. And let's clean up that part first. That would make a big dent right there. Because there are too many women that don't care about you. But yet, when they get a man, they don't want anybody to do the same thing to them. So, ladies, watch your girlfriends. Watch who your man is with. And when your man is going out, spend time with the boys, those boys have breasts and vaginas often. And they just, they, they, their friends cover for them while they're going to do other stuff. You know, so you have to keep yourself in order. Make sure that you're doing the best you can possibly do to stay as close to where you were when he met you. <laughs> because he married what he was attracted to. Now, if you become 100 pounds more than what he was attracted to, and naturally, there's going to be a shift in his interest. Wow. I mean, that's just reality. Wow. Well, okay, let me ask you this. There is also a myth that men just cannot say no. And if we're, being, if we're just going to be honest, it's not often that gorgeous women walk around waving their hoo-hahs in the faces of men and handing out open invitations for sexual intercourse, let alone anything else. But still, I think most men at some point in their lives have had an attractive woman really come on strong to them. And how we handle it depends on several factors. Even dating status, uh, status presumably could be one of them. But for the guys that aren't single, and the guys that are trying to perform because they either have a group of buddies around saying, hey, man, you see that, or for the guy that just is, uh, you know, he's just, he doesn't think and the, the woman is dominant, or the guy, you just caught him at the right time. What do we say when it's the perception that men cannot say no? Well, a lot of women need to keep their clothes on because it's, since men are visually stimulated, 
and women are walking around in, in garments that are maybe a quarter of an inch below their vagina, you know, and everything is just right there for the for the viewing and for the taking, and porn is so prolific, and there's so much stimulation that women just don't understand. A man can just literally see something, and all of a sudden he's got a full erection and ready to completely go there, and it doesn't work the same for women. So men are overstimulated. Well, and, women are overly and women are overly accessible. And also because of their low self-esteem, women often like to know that they can uh, uh, provoke a man, you know, to sex just because they can. It, it, it empowers them. So they're actually pulled at in some cases. Now, we do have some, of course, low-down dirty dogs who straight go looking for it. But sometimes you don't even have to look. It just okay, let me ask you this. Do you think the problem then is that the women that are walking around, like I'm in Houston, Texas right now, and there's this place called Grand Lux. It's a restaurant here, and no, I'm not promoting it, but if anyone has ever been there, they will quickly agree with me. I see some sisters walking around in there with dresses just like what you described. I mean, just like what you described. You can tell if the girl got waxed or not. But my question is this. Do you think that maybe the woman that's at home should quit wearing the granny panties and the, that come up and cover her navel and put on what this woman is wearing out in the street that means him no good? Or let me ask you another question. They, um, I've, I've got someone that I want to add to this conversation. Uh, Jolivette, can you come and chime in, and I want to keep Tim on the line? Absolutely. Okay, right, Joe Lovett, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, I want to ask a question of you. What is your take? And and I don't want because I have a lot of female fans, and the point of this show is to help women not be victimized of weak men and to help women that have brothers that are actually pretty good dudes to help those men be better men. What would you suggest? To, uh, as a starting point for women to be able to um, combat the BS that's out in the street that's attempting to disrupt their families? Well, it, it, it's a combination. And first of all, let me say thank you for bringing this up. This is a much-needed topic. It's, a, a, it's, it's long overdue. And, Tim, God bless you for, for all of your knowledge and, and you giving us some great information, but there's there's always two Thank sides you. of a coin. Always two sides of a coin. And to answer your question, you can't look at the woman. You know, and, and I know I'm going to get a lot of uh, a lot of uh, 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 backlash behind it, and I'm okay with that because I have tough skin. But a, a a hungry wolf desires not whatever the prey is. When it's hungry, it's going to eat. And it's going to eat whatever in its portion. When a man has, and Tim, I couldn't have said it better. When a man sees the opportunity to cheat, he's going to do it. And 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 one thing that I love about, about this conversation is, I think we miss what cheating really is. Before there's ever sexual intercourse, there's a conversation. There's a mindset. There's a thought process that goes behind. How can me and you have some one-on-one in, in interaction? And whether that one-on-one may be around you and your girlfriends or whether it be just me and you sitting here having a glass of wine, if there's an end, if there's a way that I can get some yardage 
I'm going to get some yardage. And it has nothing to do, and watch this, it has nothing to do with the woman that's doing at home. There are many marriages that are good marriages that still fall short because at the end of the day, nobody knows everything about anybody. Nobody. Wow. Okay, Joe, let me let me do this because I, I want to get uh, Tim to get another word in because we have Deborah Atkins holding. She's a playwright that writes wonderful plays about relationships, and she has a new one coming out. But I want you to stay on the line, Joe, a little bit. But, Tim, uh, two things and before uh, you leave us. First thing is I want you to uh, tell people where can they pick up the movie Diary of a Tired Black Man and uh, how can they get in contact with you? Okay, uh, Diary of a Tired Black Man. You can get it on uh, Apple iTunes uh, movie store. You can get it at Walmart, Amazon.com. It's pretty easy to find. Some targets have it. And uh, it's out there. Just look up Diary of a Tired Black Man. And you will find Okay, it. somebody has feedback on the line. Turn uh, your computer down or your radio or phone down, but uh, I want you to repeat that one more time. You can get it at Walmart. You can get it where else, Tim? Uh, Apple iTunes Music Store. You can get it at Amazon. Uh, Netflix has a pay-to-view movies. I think it's three ninety-nine to see the movie on, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, YouTube, YouTube. You can pay three ninety-nine to see the whole movie on YouTube. So you can find a diary of a tired black man. One thing I would like to add, I'm not overly trying to blame the women, but my perception of the question is what is women's role and why men could potentially be cheating. So I'm not justifying the men who are just absolutely low-down, dirty dogs and scallywags with no self-discipline, no self-control. There's that also. But you have some men who just find themselves in situations and year after year after year they still want to be there, but they have certain challenges at home. Attitude, you know, shift of body, uh, uh, image, uh, uh, less concern for the, uh, of the woman in her appearance and her, the way she presents herself. And these things do wear down. And when you have so much stimulating media and women who are flinging as much sex as a man can stand everywhere he looks, is a very difficult challenge, and especially when these men have never seen a good, solid man at home as their father, standing up, standing with his wife the entire length of his life, like my father still has with my mother. When they don't okay, see that, Tim, they Tim, don't know. We've got to wrap it, but I tell you what, that's Tim Alexander, ladies and gentlemen, and he will be back on the show. I strongly suggest you go out and get Diary of a Tired Black Man. It is a wake-up call to the thoughts of men and perceptions on relationships. It's a combination uh, videography and, and a documentary at, with, mixed with a movie. Very well done, very creative. Tim, we'll be talking to you soon. Julia, can you bring okay. Deborah Atkins on, please? And thanks, Tim. We enjoyed you. Okay. Shelton, stay on the line with us. We'll do Hi, can you hear yep. me? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Please turn down if you have uh, a um, if you have a computer or something on that phone. Is that better? I just had it on speakerphone. Is that better? Yeah, that's a lot better. This is Deborah okay. Atkins. Deborah is uh, one of the top playwrights I know in the South Central United States. I've seen several of her plays. Uh, if you're not familiar with her work, you can go to uh, WTAO. That's like William Tom Adam Ocean. 
Productions and check her out online. She's got a, a new play coming out very soon. Deborah, you have written more plays about relationships, and they've been very balanced where everyone gets to look good and everyone gets to show their dirt. What is your take on why men cheat? You know what? Actually, I came in on a tail end of you, 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 uh, com- your conversation just a minute ago, and let me tell you this. It's no one reason why people do what they do, but I agree with some of the comments that were just made. But when, men, when it comes to people cheating, to me it's because that's what you, you personally want to do. And you can't blame one person because this person doesn't do this and this person doesn't do, do that. The bottom line is just like the old saying says, the devil can only tempt you. He can't make you do anything. Somewhere inside mm-hmm. of that person, this is something that person wants to do. And you can use this for justification. And that's what happens a lot, where you didn't gain too much weight. Uh, we don't have enough money. And people will use any particular tool so they can cheat. But that's a whole other conversation, Dr. Young. And I would, really would like to come on your show again to hear from a woman's perspective, because I heard what the, you know, the, the last person said, and it was good. He was saying a lot of good things. We know the problems, but what is the solution? So do America keep buying into the world is cheating, the world is going to hell, who's going to stand up as men and take control of their family? You know, it's well, a show to come out on. Go ahead. No, no, I, I agree with you, Deborah. And, and one reason why I wanted to have this dialogue is that um, there are so many myths out there. So well, at the beginning of the show, I quoted like ten reasons why men allegedly quote-unquote cheat. And of those ten reasons, I would say maybe out of the ten they were missed. And I'm going to just run down some of the reasons that are stereotypical assumptions of why men cheat. The first one is boredom. The second one, it's uh, it's hoping that they get caught because they didn't want to be in a relationship anyway, so they just did some passive-aggressive behavior. The other one is it's all about revenge. They're getting back at every other woman for some woman that hurt them. Some men are just crazy, just like we go and want to ride a Harley-Davidson when we hit midlife prices and uh, go and splatter ourselves on the freeway. It's just risky behavior. Then there's always the excuse, baby, I don't know what I did, Maury. I was drunk. The other one is an ego boost. The other one is the person that they're in a relationship with allegedly does not care. Uh, the other one is I'm going to assert my prowess and show my power and independence. Right. Or just the poor me, I'm this wonderful guy and this woman is just poor, mistreating poor little old me. Right. And then the one that I really do buy into, though, is okay. avoiding intimacy. I really right. believe, Deborah and, and uh, Beth, that there that is a lack of being transparent and yeah. being intimate yeah. with each other. Would you I, uh, agree with that? And, Deborah, you go first, and then, Sheldon, me, I want to hear what you think about that. Let me just correct one thing. It's, y'all making it seem like, why do men cheat? I think it should be, why do people cheat? Because it's another side right. of the coin. It's a reason women cheat, too, because they're cheating with men. So we need to find out what's going on with the woman, Why? what makes her cheat. Like in this play I'm doing, one good man coming June 1st, she cheats. She has a good man. What makes her cross that line? She has a God-fearing man, a father figure, a daddy, a hard-working man, but yet she goes to the other side. So it, it can't be just one side. I'm not going to take up all your time, but go ahead, Shelton. 
Tag you in. <laughs> Deb, it's good to hear your voice. I, uh, it's good to hear you, you too, darling. To answer your question, from from my perspective, the one thing that I was hoping you would say, Dr. Young, is emptiness. People cheat because something is missing. Yes. And it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean from her or from him something. And once again, cheating happens long before sex. I yes. think when you Emotional. said intimacy, my hair stood up on my arm because that's that's it. Intimacy takes place long before clothes come off. Intimacy takes place long before the bedroom shows up. Intimacy, intimacy, intimacy means look into me and see yes. where you fit. One thing that I, I can I can assure you is people have forgot that they are whole within themselves, and they look for somebody else to complete that. Well, hell, two two half people won't make a whole person. That's right. Okay, let so me ask a question. There's this theory of rejection attachment, and that theory basically okay. postulates that it involves a tendency to feel hurt, rejected, and criticized while often consciously or unconsciously doing things that invite the very rejection, criticism, and hurt that this person feels that they feel. In other words, they are creating what we call a self-fulfilling prophecy. So for those of you that don't know what a self-fulfilling prophecy is, here's what it is. It's kind of like you saying, I know I'm going to have a test tomorrow in math that I'm probably not going to pass. So the night before, you figure I'm just going to run to this party right quick. And then, okay, well, I'm going to stay a little while longer because I haven't been out. Okay, well, now I'm going to stay a little while longer because my friend just got here. And then when you come home at 2 or 3 in the morning, you start saying, well, I knew that test was going to be hard. I probably ain't going to pass it anyway. So you just did all this stuff that was going to lead you up to failing this test. Another example of it in relationships is you feel like, well, you know what, all women or all men cheat or, you know, he's probably or she's probably doing it anyway. So, you know, I'm just, it ain't nothing wrong with me having a friend because when I need $5, I know that they're going to give me $5. Well, my response to that is if you weren't messing with that person, your butt wouldn't need $5. But if we go back (laughs) even further and we look at rejection attachment issues, they stem something, and they stem from either growing up being rejected or criticized, they growing up seeking a bully's approval, and that bully could be mama or daddy or sister or somebody that you wanted to like you, or it is consci- uh, you're consciously hating being rejected, or subconsciously you actually are inviting criticism and rejection so someone will feel sorry for you, or you're trying so hard to please other people at yeah. all costs, you're probably trying to please people that don't even like you with the only right. end result being that you feel I'm not lovable, Accepted. you yeah. end up feeling like I'm not good enough, and then you end up feeling alone. So, Deborah, yep. since you wrote a play called Sorry, I'm Not Good I'm Enough. I'm not good enough, yes. Where do you think we get the I'm not good enough let me give too much to somebody that doesn't deserve it and then have the nerve to feel hurt when we get played. Well, let me it tell you is. why that is. We look for people to validate us. We go by people's mm-hmm. standards, their rules, and pretty much what America says, whatever America dictates us, that's what we go by. But let me tell you, one thing we're missing out of this whole conversation, that void that uh, Shelton talked about a minute ago, 
it's it's a place where God lives. We're never going to be complete. We keep looking to people to complete us. But that place you're looking for is a God place. And I know that's a whole other conversation. But until mankind return back to God and do it the original way, which we realize is never going to happen, this world is in, this world is going to be in a in a mess. It really is. So back to your question. Yeah, I feel like you know the reason is we do look for people to validate us, and if they don't, we go from person to person until we get that validation we we are seeking. Wow. Let me ask Julia something. Julia, you're monitoring our chat room. If you don't mind, chime in and tell me what's being said out there. There's all kind of comments. I think the women for a while were about to uh, start a riot out on the street (laughs) in the beginning, so now it's kind of shifting back. I think people were feeling a little bit attacked as women at first, and I know that wasn't the intention um, but, yeah, now hearing the ladies talk is kind of shifting the balance, you know, but at the end of the day, the truth is the truth, so. Right. Well, I, what I want to say, I want to say this to women as well as to men, but first I'm going to talk to the ladies. And, Sheldon, I want you to chime in after I get through making this statement. Ladies, people treat you how you treat yourself. So if you've been letting yourself go, don't be surprised when someone lets you go. You know, if you haven't been taken care of and nurturing and loving yourself, don't be surprised when someone stops taking care of loving and nurturing you. And moreover, when you just start living the status quo, when you start existing in the void, don't be surprised when you wind up in the abyss. Go ahead, Shelton. I I, I don't know how many of you all watched Scandal but the line that will stick with me for the rest of my life outside of God's word is when Olivia Pope said, if you want me, earn me. That rolls every hair off of my bald head back up. (laughs) Hear me good. When she said that statement, she told the president, she told Fitz, she said, let me tell you something. You are a married man. And I'm tired of playing your game. If you want me, you won't have to earn me. No longer will I be at your beck and call. Don't call my god dog on phone. Don't show up at my house on an hour. I don't care how much power and authority you have. I'll be honest. One of the most difficult things for me nowadays is not a woman. I'm a drag racer outside of preaching God's word, writing Mm -hmm. books and doing plays. I love drag racing. I love it. I can be in the middle of a conversation, Dr. Young, and hear a bike pass by my window, and I'm in trouble. Let me, get, let, let me see if I can make that real, real plain. A woman knows her authority and her power, and it's not just what lies between her thighs. It's her as a whole. If a man knows when I come home, I may not have a home-cooked meal, but at least you're there to listen to me. At least you're there to hear me out. I will take your correction. I will take your, your whatever. But at the end of the day, I need to know that I, you are mine in every aspect of the word. If I say, baby, let's go to the beach, you're going to be there. But what's happening nowadays is the woman that's at the house with the man is so difficult to deal with. And the woman he spends more time with, she don't have to be the prettiest thing. Hear me good. It ain't got to do with her shape, size, or color. The fact that she listens and shows some attention, 
she finna get everything she wants to out there do. Can I interrupt well, you for one this. minute? Hang on, because Deborah, okay. I'm gonna want you to comment after I make this statement. Okay. Once okay. upon a time, a guy went there in a small town. He goes into this little diner on the side of a road on a desert highway. He walks in. He looks at this picture that the owner has hanging right above the uh, where the grease the trap is, yes. and right. and he looks up at the picture, and the guy says, "God dang." When the hell did you put a Picasso in here? And the guy said, oh, that old ugly thing. In other words, there are times that we can have something valuable. And it can be right in our face, but we don't know the value of it. Deborah, my question for you is, how do you really get to the bottom of your realized value and have that match your perceived value when you're a woman? Let me say this. As a woman, I need to correct something Shelton says, and I, and I keep hearing the guys say this tonight. They're putting all women into one basket, and that no. is mm-hmm. not the case. You know, that's not the case. First of all, I've been married 31 years. So what keeps my marriage safe and secure, we both love God. We try to do things God's way. We pray together. We read together. We worship together. People don't want to do that anymore. So they take the easy road out, you know. And so what's the easy kind of, road, Deborah? Go ahead and cheat. You don't, you're not fulfilling all my needs, so let me just get my needs fulfilled this way. And it does start with emotions. People become emotionally attacked. And I, I think because our life is so busy, you know, God had an awesome plan where the men would work and the women would stay home and raise the kids. But nowadays, everybody works. Everybody's busy. Everybody's being tempted because this is what we see. The TV sets tell us this is how the world should be. We have all these modernized families. And we have gotten away from the real intent of where God had intended to be. So now everybody's buying into it. Everybody is somehow, some way is buying into, you know, it's good. You, just like you said about Olivia Pope, that's like the number one show on TV. And people are patterning their lives after this. Well, if she can get a married man, I can get a married man. But why would you even want to go after a married man? Those are the things that need to stop. We don't respect marriages at all. I mean, once upon a time when people were married, you say, oh, no, 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 excuse me, ma'am. But nowadays, it doesn't matter to people. And until we but go back to the solution, this world is in trouble. So, okay, Deborah, let me ask you this. Uh, let me back, hang on just a second. Let me back okay, you up on something. Okay, I'm another door. <laughs> and here's what's going on in, in the world. There are fewer divorces. There are fewer broken relationships in what we consider to be the peculiar world outside of the faith-based world. Matter of fact, most people that don't go to church are having better relationships than those that do. Uh, For the most people that aren't living a faith-based life, they're having no problems getting along with one another the way that people who allegedly are subscribing to a greater calling or to a higher belief system. Now, my question is this. When we compare apples to oranges, how can we get to a place where we're both talking about bananas? You know, because what what starts happening and what I found is this. When I work with couples, um, you know, for now three years, I think I've helped probably over a 1,000 couples in the last three years in my practice. And the number, the top three things that I find wrong when I talk to these young couples, number one, They don't know themselves, so how in the hell can they relate to someone else? That's number one. Number two, they do, they wait to talk. They don't listen. 
so they don't have effective or reasonable communication expectations, nor do they have mm -hmm. uh, reasonable communication skills. And then the last thing is they set a unrealistic bar so high yes, that indeed. no one could pole vault over it. So, Shelton, starting with you, how do you think people can end up stop, stopping being so heavenly bound that they're no earthly mm -hmm. good and they can actually start communicating with each other instead of at each other? Dr. Young, it, it starts with honesty, and I think I think you hit the nail on the head. You got to be honest with yourself before you expect anybody else to be anything to you. Expectation is essential. Right. It is essential. I I can't go into. I, I've been happily married for 17 years. Been with her for 19. And one thing that I, I share with everybody, the success of my relationship is I don't expect anything out of my wife that she's incapable of being. Her imperfections make her perfect for me, and my imperfections make me perfect for her. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I, it starts with honesty, Dr. Young, and we can't, I can't go to my wife and expect her to be Olivia Pope because she's not. Mm -hmm. I can't expect her to deny a lathing because she's not. What, I, I, I'll give you this. This is the analogy that I use. As an actor, my job is to become on stage or on film so much so that you question me when I leave. Exactly. And if I didn't become, then I didn't do my job. That's what I love working with Deborah. When I was in Deborah's shows, she, she, I got questioned about my relationship. Well, I've done my job. I was just that good. But when yes. it comes to reality, it's time to take the mask off. Yes. We can't, we can't play. And that's what's happening in society. We play like we pretend. One of the reasons yes. why things are so bad, Dr. Young, is because people are deciding that I'm just going to stay in this thing and do what I want to do outside. And that's wrong. Okay, hey, let, let me, me ask, ask you that. while you're on that note, because this is for Deborah. Mm -hmm. uh, for okay. you, those of you that don't know, Deborah Atkins is a writer and director. Uh, she's written several hit plays, um, uh, So Many Secrets, So Many Lies, I'm Sorry, I'm Not Good Enough, Still Not Good Enough, Family Secrets, uh, Everybody's Man, When Love Walks Away, uh, and now she's got a new play coming out called One Good Man that I really want to urge everyone to go see. But the, the thing I want to ask Deborah is when she did, a, uh, well, two plays that I really am thinking of. One of, the, one of them was a real hit called When Love Walks Away, and then the other play was Family Secrets. And when I think about, about both those uh, plays, what they had in common was someone had their misperceived interpretation of someone else's reality, and they yeah. acted on their misperceived interpretation uh, and on someone else's reality. One, uh, and still not good enough, I remember that the person was so busy uh, looking at what they thought was going to be an external solution to an internal right. problem, and they got slapped in the face. And then exactly. in the other play, uh, when love walks away, you know, the same thing, just a different spin on it, and it's where someone actually betrayed themselves in hopes of trying to make something better for someone else. I want to ask you, Deborah, how can we stop being so damn stupid? You know, your first guest said it best. There are no good examples in the world anymore. And the people who have the knowledge and the truth to do better, they don't do better. That's what breaks my heart. It's a lot of good men out there. It's a lot of good women out there. 
but the good people are acting like the bad people. And and everybody's beginning to pattern themselves after what they see. And that's what the problem is. What do you mean by that, Deborah, when you say they're the good people are acting like the bad people? Explain you, that. You said it best a minute ago. Right now it's it's marriages are suffering more in the Christian or faith based marriages and they have the word and you're like, Why is that? Because now the faith based people are beginning to act more like the world. Because it appears to be working. It appears to be exciting. It appears to be, you know, everything glamorous. So they they want that, and we buy into that. But let me tell you, I believe God has such a special plan when he created mankind. It was supposed to be a spiritual connection. And right now we can't get the spirits connected because we're looking at the physical too much. It was never supposed to be about, like you and I, You, I love you like a brother. We're just spiritually connected. Nothing sexual, you see what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. we we connected, and that was the plan that God had for His His people. It was never supposed to be physical, and you and I just had a conversation, and now we like a, a sister and brother from another mother. Mm-hmm. That's the way it's supposed to be. But right now, the world doesn't look at it. It's like, well, he got a fine woman. I better get me a fine woman, and it's not about that. It's you know, and I think until we get our eyes off other what other people are doing, it's never gonna work. And TV is making it so worse. I, I tell my kids all the time, we tell them not to have sex, but all they see on TV is sex. How are we going to stop our teenagers from having sex and doing these things if that's all they get to see? You know, so do you think that men are acting out of scripts from what they've seen in film, television, and heard on radio? And yes, both ways, because like Shelton said a minute ago, it's what a woman allows. Until we women stop allowing some things, but your your guest said it earlier, because our self-esteem is low, we've been beaten down and broken down, so we're just so happy to have any kind of man. So we'll put up with a lot of foolishness, and it should never be that way. But you said it too, Dr. Young, until that person learns to love themselves for who they are, and then sometimes it's a hard place to get to, but you have to strive to get to that place. Me, I am good enough. I tell people all the time, you sing a song, you know, I'm I'm free to be me. Make your own tune, but till you get to that place, you got you're gonna always settle for less. I'm sorry, go but, ahead. But it's not it's it's not just once again, Deb, and I, and I and I appreciate that, but you can't put the blame just on the women. Why is it the women? We both got a part in it. Absolutely, because a man has that desire. If right. a man, it, um, I, I I guess the best way for me to say it is opportunity and emptiness. Is why men right. cheat. But why are you I'm empty, though? That place. But why are you empty? What? Where's the emptiness coming from? Several places. He forgets. Number one, who he is. Right. And he never considers himself in the equation. Never. And the second thing is opportunity. It's not just her. Because I, oh I, yeah, I, I oh can, yeah. I can be honest with you. Some of these women are innocent. They get caught off. Right. I, I think Dr. Young said it best earlier. Some of these women don't know these men are married men. Shit, they go out of town, they right. do what they do. Right. Some of these women really believe that he's leaving her. Right. Some of these women want a good man and get a bad grade. It's the I truth. Think it's one thing to see a beautiful car, and Dr. Young, you and I both share the same thing. We see automobiles that are beautiful. I used right. to work at a shop. We had some of the baddest cars in there. I mean, $100,000, had no motors in them. See, but if you never opened up the hood, you wouldn't get behind the engine and try to turn the key on. No, it doesn't make any noise. It's too late. You done bought it. But, Shelton, what is the solution, though? What's the solution? Do we keep buying into it? No. Dr. Young said it earlier. The solution is 
you got to know who you are first. You have to know who you are and who you are in God, too. We keep trying to leave him out of the equation, but we can't leave him out of the equation. That's true. I listen, I he's love our, all you all. Creator. I act on set. The director's looking at me like, man, what are you doing? I, Dr. Young, <laughs> thank you so, yeah, so much. I pray that you continue too. this. Deborah, great, 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 great. It's good to hear you. I hate that I got to hear you on honey. phone. But when I get back to Texas, we got to talk. Dr. Young? All right, darling. All right. A couple of days. Thanks for calling in, Shelton. Uh, that was Shelton Jolivet. And if you uh, just Google his name or go to IMDb, you will see several films that he starred in and plays. Uh, one thing I want I want to address, and I want to invite callers to call in at this point to uh, engage in this dialogue. Uh, we're uh, we've got a few minutes. We've got about ten minutes uh, right at uh, okay. uh, about fifteen minutes left before the show goes off. But the thing I want everyone to really hear in this conversation is that no one controls your destiny. Uh, and matter of fact, before uh, I, Deborah gets out of here, Deborah, would you share with us where your play is? And, and I want to urge everyone before Deborah does that get a pen out, write it down, you know, go and get tickets because typically her plays sell out really quick. Uh, and I think I'm not sure if this one is only a two show play or what yeah, have you. Yeah, two shows, but, but it's just yeah, it's one day, but two shows. Where and is it, Deborah? It's going to be at the Living Word Faith Center here in Houston. Uh, actually, in Missouri City, I take that back. 7900 West Streetway. Some people say Streetway. Some people say Streetway. But it's considered that, Missouri City. So people City. know where that is. F U Q U A. But it's considered okay. Missouri City, Texas, but it's still Houston. And the tickets are $25 pre-sale and 30 at the door. But if you need more information, you can go to my website at www.workingtogetherasone.com. It's a long one, but if you can't do it that way, just Google me, Deborah L. Atkins, and all my information will come up, and you'll also be able to see some of the clips from my previous plays. And this play is going to be held at June on June first, Saturday. At the first show is three o'clock p.m. and the second show is seven o'clock. And the name of it is One Good Man. And it's still a lot of good wow. men out there. And men need to come and see these men represent, and women need to come and see what kind of man they should expect to have at their house. Well, I'm and a good man, so I can tell you, I know at man. least one. I know, I know one too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, Deborah Atkins, thank you so much for uh, uh, coming on to the show. Uh, It is, uh, I know how busy your schedule is, and to have a playwright with your talent and notoriety chime in with us um, is definitely an honor, and thank you so much for being my guest this evening. Thank you so much for having me. We'll talk soon. I'll see you at the show for sure. All right, love you. All right, All right love everybody. You I want to get into these last few things so we can um, wrap this thing up. It's been it's been a good show. Tonight's topic is men's. Uh, why do men cheat? And and I'm going to go and I had given you the first two reasons. One is he didn't love her anymore. Two, he had become disgusted. We touched on three about he just did not know how to say no. Now let's get to the last two. There's this myth. That men just want to know that, just like women, they want to know that they still have it, that they are still attracted, that someone is paying them attention. And, ladies, this is something that you can actually do something about. When you see that a man's self-esteem is is just tanking, uh, it won't hurt you to tell him, you know, I really like you in that suit. 
or, you know, you thank you for being a good father, or, you know, you're really still my best friend. These things will bring in major dividends later. And, gentlemen, one of the, uh, a few of the most stimulating things that you can do for a woman have nothing to do with stimulating her body, but stimulating her thoughts and her mind. First thing is help her clean up the house. <laughs> you know, it is really funny. But I have heard time and time again that women say it is so sexy when they have a man wash the dishes. And I'm not saying stand in the kitchen naked in your drawers watching dishes like you've been Rames in a movie. Please don't do that, especially if you have small animals or children. You might frighten somebody. But the truth is they do want you to help out and help out with the children. Help out around the house. Take the trash out without being asked to do it two or three times. And help her to do the things that matter to her, like put up the groceries, go shopping, little things like that. And then this next one is men say that one of their reasons for cheating is they got cheated on. Ladies, it is so true that men do get punished and they get beat in the courtroom when they get a divorce. And I'm not talking about sorry men. I'm talking about good men. Typically, they will end up paying spousal support uh, or, or uh, you know, and I'm not saying punishment is child support because kids need, mothers need help with children, but men interpret it, interpret that, and sometimes people do turn the kids into weapons on both sides of the fence and things like that. So most good men are gun-shy of getting back into a relationship and failing because what they associate with it is I'm going to have to give you a house, I'm going to have to give you a third of my paycheck, and I'm going to have to take care of some kids that aren't mine or that, or what have you. So uh, that revenge factor that you see a man feeling because he has been hurt, you know, talk to him about it. And the way that you do that is just ask him a few questions. And, and here's how you do this. Uh, when you start seeing that the conversation you're having uh, looks like he's attacking you, what you should do is seek information. And, gentlemen, do the same thing. When it seems that that woman is abandoning you, give her information. And here's what I mean by that. When someone starts attacking and going at you, start saying, well, you know, uh, well, why? tell me why you feel that way. And what can I do to make sure you don't feel that way? Or when you start feeling that someone is shutting you down and shutting you out and you're being abandoned in the conversation, that's when you start making volunteer statements like, you know you really matter to me. And I know you're not talking right now, but if you can hear me in the midst of all of this turmoil, hear that I really love you, and when you're ready to talk, I'm here. You know, those little bitty things are a good roadmap toward opening up the door from communication. And then here's the number one reason why men cheat, at least from what they've said when I've talked to them and in many surveys. They're not getting any. <laughs> Yeah, I knew you. some of you out there now are going, no, he didn't just say that. Yes, I did. Let's all be adults and agree here that after a certain age, we commit to someone because we like him or her an awful lot and need a socially defensible way to sleep with them on a regular basis. And I'm not trying to belittle anyone's moral or religious views on this issue, nor am I saying sex is the most important part of a healthy relationship, but it is a big part. And as adults, it is really important that we match what should be a meaningful and wonderful friendship with a romantic component. 
If you're in an emotionally fulfilling relationship, but it's sexually inadequate, you got to do something about that. You can't just keep hanging around, avoiding, and not having difficult conversations. And ladies, I'm going to say this so I don't get any bad mail and letters from you. Jealous and incompleteness in your relationship, kick that to the curb. Fellas, go and see your doctor, get a checkup. You know, your libido may be down because you need some testosterone injections or because your hormones are off, or you just, you know, if you're feeling like you're not attracted to your mate anymore, tell her because she's probably not that all attracted to you anymore either. So both of you all can take your butts to the gym together instead of pointing fingers and telling the other person they should go. Both of you could change your lifestyle and get a healthy diet, check your cholesterol, and that will give you the energy as well as the incentive to start being romantic with one another. And the last couple of tips I want to give you to help your man from being unfaithful to you is be faithful to yourself. Don't settle for less than what you deserve. Ladies, if you've given a man three or four children, look at his behind and tell him, you try having three babies and weighing the same thing. But after you tell him that, encourage him to take care of his health while you take care of yours. And gentlemen, don't expect your woman to look like Holly Berry when you look like Joe Scary. It, you have to be that which you seek, and you have to be that which you seek even after you find the love of your life. Just because you find it doesn't mean you have to do you don't have to do anything to keep it because you do. Life is what you make it. Now with all of that said, I just want to tell you guys thank you. Every Friday night at nine o'clock you can listen to conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young here on Blog Talk Radio. In case you miss hearing this thing live, you're working or you just can't get to the computer or you can't sit there at the job holding your phone. Don't sweat it. The shows are archived, so you can always go back in and listen. And last and certainly not least, I've already prayed for you. Please say one for me, too. I love you. Have a fantastic weekend, and I'll talk to you next week.